everybody, and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zuby, and if you're brand new to this show, shows all about a little one-on card game called Magic the Gathering. So on today's episode, we are doing our full, complete review, set review of Zendikar Rising. We are doing the first color, just all the white cards. And in these set reviews, I typically go a little bit more on the casual side. I'll talk about if it's good and limited, possibly standard slash historic. Um, since I've been playing more historic than standard lately, and if I find it's any good in Commander as well. So, uh, that's pretty much it. If you're looking for a review where, like, hey, this is how you're going to be amazing at Sealed, this is not the stream for you. This is not the video for you or the podcast for you. I'm sorry. This is more for us casual normies out there that just want to be like, hey, is this card, like, pretty cool? I don't know. It's cool, and, you know, you maybe decent i don't know it could be fun you know it's sort of like how i like doing it you know it's i try to go in it with a mindset of you know this card could be good you know if xyz happens but i'm not definitely a pro at limited or construct or anything like that i mean yeah we know that we've seen me play so yeah i mean it's just more casual than anything. Um, if you want to help support the show, the show could you we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash magicwazubi, and then you can find me on Twitter at magicwazubi, on Instagram at magic underscore with underscore zuby, and you can email me with any questions you may have at mtgzubi at gmail.com. And we've got two quick little ads out of the way, and then we'll get on to all the white cards of Zendikar Rising. Well, hey there, Zoe. Why the long face there, chum? I just want to order some magic cards, but the shipping was too expensive. Too expensive? Well, did you know if you go to LegitMTG.com, you can order any magic cards, and anything over $2 or more has free shipping. Wow, free shipping at LegitMTG.com. That's amazing. You heard that right, Zoe. Free shipping at LegitMTG.com with any order over $2 or more. Be sure to visit today and get the best deal on Magic Singles and Magic Sealed product available. Wow, that's amazing! And that is how you beat the latest standard meta with Abzan. Ugh, it feels like there's no magic content out there for someone like me. Someone who doesn't want to be competitive. Someone who is... Who is... Anormie? Yeah, exactly! Anormie! Well, have I got the show for you, the all-new Magic for Normie show! Hi, I'm Pixie. And I'm Zuby. Together, we host the all-new Magic, Magic for, for Normies. Normies! It is the Magic the Gathering show for all your Normie needs. We don't care what deck got into the top eight or what deck is winning, we care about having fun playing magic. That's right, Pixie. You can watch us on Pixie's Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash pixiekittenplays and catch the VOD on our YouTube channel, Pixie Kitten Plays. If audio is your thing, you can find episodes on the Magic Wazubi RSS feed. Do-do-do-do-do. Magic for normies. All right, so we are starting off with the white cards for Zendikar Rising. So if you are watching... Uh, this video you will see that I do have the card shown up on the screen but if you're listening uh, you won't see that because it's just audio so yeah 
I guess we'll just continue on here. Um, all right, so starting off with the first white card for Zendikar Ryzen, Allied Assault. Tune a white instant up to two target creatures. Each get plus X plus X until end of turn where X is the number of creatures in your party. So that's a new mechanic in Zendikar Rising where your party consists of up to one of each cleric, rogue, warrior, and wizard. So up to X plus X where X is the number of creatures in your party. So it definitely seems like party is going to be definitely a thing and limited for sure so i guess it really depends on how many of these creature types you're actually drafting now this would be more mid to late pick in any of the packs really because i'd be looking more for creatures or removal or anything else like this before i even look for a card like this because it could just give you plus one plus one if that's the only party member you have out on the field right so it's really not that good yeah I, this would not be a high pick at all for me next up we've got angel of destiny for three double white it's an angel cleric creature it's a mythic our first mythic here it's a 2-6 with flying double strike. Whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, you and that player each gain that much life. At the beginning of your end step, if you have at least 15 life more than your starting life total, each player Angel of Destiny attack this turn loses the game. Okay, whoa. Wow, okay. Um. So, I'm trying to think in limited here. I mean... Just as a, I mean, pack one, pick one, hell yeah, because just looking at it on just the face of it, it's a five mana, two, six with flying double strike, right? That on itself is really good, okay? And then plus, you know, it's, you're going to have your opponent gain some life, right? So I so maybe the second or the third the third part of this card we're saying if you have 15 life more than your starting life total you know each player angel destiny attack this turn loses the game i feel like that's not gonna happen that often in limited it could happen for sure but i feel like it's not gonna happen as much as we really think it will be so this one almost may even be better just sort of standing back and being a good blocker until maybe you can pump up the angel up to where you could gain a lot of life. Next up, we've got Angel Heart Protector for Tuna White. It's a human cleric creature. It's a 3-2. When this enters the battlefield, target creature you can control gains indestructible until end of turn. I mean, that's always good for protecting one of your creatures uh, that maybe you want to go swinging and win. Maybe they've got Death Touch or something like that. And or even Double Strike or something better. Right? So that's always a good handy card to have like a mid to late pick next up we've got archon of amiria for tuna white it's an archon creature it's a two three with flying each player can't cast more than one spell each turn non-basic lands your opponent's control enter the battlefield tapped so as a limited player a two three for three with flying is not bad each player can't cast more than one spell each turn could kind of go either way you know it's gonna stop a lot of combat tricks and in your match um meaning as soon as they cast a creature that's it they can't cast any more spells at that point and with all the double face modal cards with a lot of flip lands here this could also be useful because i do know there's a lot of flip lands that you can pay life to make it come in untapped that just sort of negates this here i mean this could possibly be a pack one pick one um but i wouldn't 
if there's something better, like any kind of removal, pick that. This, uh, you know, it could go either way. With It's not going to, it's not a bomb where it's going to win you games, right? It's just, it's pretty decent. Uh, next up, we've got Archpriest of Iona. It's a one white human cleric. It has power and tough, uh, power star and toughness of two. Archpriest of Iona's power is equal number of creatures in your party, so it can only be up to a 4-2. At the beginning of a combat on your turn, if you have a full party, target creature gets plus one, plus one, and gains flying until end of turn. That's not too bad. Um, this, to me, is not a pack one pick one because it's a rare. Um, but, I mean, if you're trying to definitely go that party route, which hopefully it's not too hard to get a full party going, and limited. I'll be really curious to see if it is when we start actually drafting and playing sealed on it. But I mean, it's definitely not a bad card at all. Um, and could even be a really decent limited bomb should you have the party out. Next up, we've got Attended Healer for three and a white. It's a core cleric. It's a two, three. Whenever you gain life for the first time each turn, create a one, one white cat creature token, and then you can pay two and a white, and another target cleric gains lifelink until end of turn. So that's not a bad creature where you have the possibility of pooping out a cat and just building up your board like that. And uh, yeah, that, that's a pretty dang good card. I like it. Uh, next up, we've got Canyon Jerboa for two and a white. It's a mouse creature. It's such a cute art. Look at the art. It's so cute. Uh, it's a one-two with landfall. Whenever land enters the battlefield under your control, creatures you control get plus one, plus one until end of turn. That could be a high pick for you because it's going to pump up all your creatures there. And landfall is like the easiest thing to trigger. And there's bound to be a lot of good landfall cards that you're going to be able to find in this set when you're drafting or playing sealed. It's that to me would be a pretty high pick because it just pumps up your creatures. And if you have a way of playing more than one land, boom, now they have plus two plus two until end of turn. Next up is a Cliffhaven Cell Sword. It's a one and a white core warrior. It's a three one and that's it. It's your typical vanilla three one two mana white creature and a core warrior just really this card just really helps you fill out your party should you need it next up we've got dauntless unity for one and a white instant has a kicker of one and a white creatures you control get plus one plus one until end of turn or the spell was kicked those creatures get plus two plus one until end of turn instead so a really good combat trick and for four mana it's a really cheap card to do the kicking cost with it so it, you know even if you don't do the kicking cost the fact that it's an instant to pump up all your guys is really good and it's you know could be a mid pick for sure if you're definitely going in white or you're going to be playing a lot of creatures next up we've got disenchant this good old reprint one in a white instant destroy target artifact or enchantment if you know that you're that's sideboard card for sure and if you know that your opponent is playing a lot of artifacts or enchantments. Hey, perfect card to sideboard in. Next up, we've got Amiria Captain. It's a three and a white angel warrior. It's a one, one with flying and vigilance. Okay. That's pretty cool. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, put a one, one counter on it for each creature in your party. So hopefully you've got plenty of party members to help support this because you don't want this entering the battlefield as a one, one because that would just suck a one, one for four, the flying and vigilance. 
not very good. So hopefully you've got a few creatures out that can help you buff this up with your party and go from there. Because otherwise, if you can, even if it comes out as like a 3-3, a Flying Vigilance, that's still not bad at all. It's a pretty good card, if I may say so. If you're able to pump it up. If not, like... It, see, this is where the drawback of party kind of happens, where let's say your opponent just board wipes you, right? Or just kills off all your creatures, and the only creature you have in your hand is a Samaria Captain. Oh, great. Well, I guess I could play it, but it's a 1-1 now with Flying and Vigilance, and I just paid four mana for it. Kind of feels bad. Next up is Amiria's Call for four triple white, so seven mana. It's a sorcery. Create two 4-4 four, four white angel warrior creature tokens with flying. Non-angel creatures you control gain indestructible until, until your next turn. So, and then you can also flip it to have this enter in as a planes. Um, but you can pay three life. If you don't, it enters the battlefield tapped. So this is where... Like, this is sort of like one of the new things with Zendikar where you can choose, hey, do I want to cast the sorcery or do I need a land right here? With this being a mythic, this is a bit cost. Uh, uh, it's very costly. It's a seven mana, that three white. Oof. But, I mean, so if you do, you're paying seven mana for two creatures, essentially, and your creatures gain indestructible until end of turn. I mean, I'd be tempted to pack one pick one this because you get two creatures out of it and you get some indestructibility or you can get a land. Um, I got to say, it's not a very exciting mythic, if I'm going to be honest, like. It doesn't like, oh my gosh, this is really good. And it's not so much the cost of it, because we've all seen those mythic cards that just come out and they could be really costly, like never really good, but they're really splashy. This one is just kind of meh. Like it doesn't excite me as a magic player, right? Like Amiria's Captain is more exciting to me than this card. Not saying that it's a bad card, it's just... You know, you're used to your mythics being kind of splashy. Like, if we compare that this to Angel of Destiny, that is more exciting, right? Because that's sort of like, oh, I can build around this. I can try to win with this card, right? Uh, this card doesn't do that to me very much. Next up, we've got Expedition Healer. It's a 1 and a white 2-2 two, two with Vigilance. It's a core cleric. Uh, this has a lifelink as long as you control another cleric. So a 2-2 two, two for 2. It's a bear. Uh, not bad and has Vigilance. Pretty good card, if I may say so. Um... And it, these kind of two twos for two are always handy to have, especially on the low curve and for just getting creatures out there and attacking, attacking your opponents there. Uh, next up, we've got Farsight Adept for two and a white. It's a core wizard. It's a three, three. So three, three for three. That's not bad. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, you and target opponent each draw a card. Uh, I mean, okay. I mean, yeah, you, you you have your opponent drawing a card, and you get to draw a card. So there is that, you know, slight, you know, it's not that great and all that. I can't think of the word. I can't think of the word right now. Uh, or drawback, drawback, uh, no pun intended. So it's a three mana, three, three. For this being a common, it's still pretty good. So it, it, this is a good card to fill out your party should you need it. Next up, we've got Fearless Fledgling for one and a white. It's a griffin creature. It's a 1-1 one, one with landfall. Whenever land enters a battlefield under your control, put a 1-1 one, one counter on fear, Fearless Fledgling. It gains flying until end of turn. Ooh. 
So it gets a 1-1 one, one counter. It doesn't just get plus 1, plus 1 until end of turn. So I kind of like this. So if you're able to keep this surviving, it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And every time you play a land, it's going to have flying on it. Yeah, that's a pretty early snap keep in my opinion. Alright, next up we've got Felidar Retreat. For three and a white, it's an enchantment. Has landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, choose one. Create a 2-2 two -two white cat beast creature token. Or put a 1-1 one -one counter on each creature you control. Those creatures gain vigilance until end of turn. Oh my god. Um, oh, So you get to choose one every time a land falls. And yeah, pack one, pick one. Oh my gosh. That is ridiculously good. Um, I could even see this being standard playable or, or even historic playable too doing some sort of like bant landfall or something i don't know or or selesnia landfall something like that uh even in commander i i would play this in commander because especially in like a selesnia deck or a bant deck you know anything with white and green in it um that's pretty dang good Next up, we've got Journey to Oblivion. For four and a white, it's an enchantment. This spell costs one less to cast for each creature in your party. Uh, when this enters the battlefield, exile target non-land permanent and opponent controls until this leaves the battlefield. So your typical sort of Banishing Light or uh, type card. Uh, yeah, Banishing Light would be the best way or cast out or anything like that. But five mana is pretty costly, so hopefully you do get the cost reduction for this card. Otherwise, this is pretty good removal here even at five mana this is some pretty decent premium removal because it's not just creatures it's any non-land permanent next up we've got cabrera or cabrera outrider three and a white it's a human warrior it's a three three when this enters the battlefield target creature gets plus one plus one until end of turn for each creature in your party oh so we could get up to plus four plus four until end of turn for each creature in your party Ooh, that's not bad at all for four mana. Heck yeah. God, I could definitely, like, already I'm seeing white. White could be really aggressive in draft so far, I'm seeing. Could be really aggressive up front and then really clinching in in the mid game. Next up, we've got Kabira Takedown. One and a white instant. This deals damage equal number of creatures you controlled. So, to target creature planes work. So, deals damage equal number of creatures you control. To target creature planeswalker so hopefully you control some creatures if you have that if not then you can always turn it around and make it a planes which this is the kind of double face card that would not be bad at all i would not mind picking this kind of card because this could be very handy to where okay yeah i just got a board white but i need some mana boom now you got another planes there boom there you go thank you next next up we've got kite sail cleric for one mana for one white mana it's a core cleric it's a one one with kicker for two and a white has flying when it enters the battlefield if it was kicked tap up to two target creatures so hey for four mana you could possibly tap up to two target creatures your opponents control and boom there you go helps you know open up the way opens up the path this is the way to be able to you know hit your opponent in the face there next up we've got core blade master for one and a white it's a core warrior it's a one one with double strike equipped warriors you control have double strike Ooh, so a two mana one one with double strike okay not bad and with the possibility of you being able to pump this up as well too 
you know, I, I may want to play around with something like this, e- even by itself, not too bad. You know, does first strike and normal damage. Boom, there you go. Uh, next up, we've got Core Celebrant for two and a white. It's a core cleric. It's a one four. When this or another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you gain one life. So a soul sister type effect. So just gaining more life. Um, these kind of cards are always decent to have in draft. And then I can also see this possibly being used in a life gain deck. Not really. I mean, well, not really because there's better options at one and two mana for this kind of gaining life. But hey, you never know. Um, the one four it does have a big booty to protect itself. Next up, we've got Legion Angel. It's a two double white angel warrior. It's a four three with flying. When this enters the battlefield, you may reveal a card you own named Legion Angel from outside the game and put it into your hand. Okay, so in draft, so if we're looking at this just purely in draft, it's a four mana four three with flying. Not bad. And the other effect, you know, you get to reveal a card named Legion Angel from outside the game. Most of the time, it's not going to happen. You're only going to ever draft most of the time just one of these unless you get super lucky, right? That always happens. So this would not be a pack one, pick one for me. It's a kind of, it's okay. Like there's other cards out there that are going to be better. So I would, if you were to open this up in your first pack, I'd look for something like removal or anything else like that to see what else out there is better for you. Next up, we've got Luminarch Aspirant, or Aspirant. Aspirant? Aspirant? I don't know how you say it. Uh, One and a white human cleric. At the beginning of combat on your turn, put a 1-1 counter on target creature you control. So it's a 1-1 for 2 mana. Um, For what this does, where you're going to constantly be putting 1-1 counters on something, as long as this lives, um, this could definitely be a pack one, pick one. And just to help you pump up your creatures, yeah, I like this a lot. Either you put it on itself or something else that's even better i like it yes 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 pack one pick one for sure way better than legion angel i'd have to say next up we've got mckindy ox for four and a white it's an ox creature it's a four four for five and has a landfall whenever land enters a battlefield under your control tap target creature and opponent controls okay i really like that a lot that is a really good card to you know, because most of the time we see these kind of cards in white where you have to pay something to tap a creature, right? Your opponent's creatures. Or you have to tap the creature in order to tap the other creature, right? So this is the landfall version of this that we see this a lot commonly away. And this is a much better version of this too, where you don't have to tap anything. You just have to play a land. Obviously, that's where the weakness lies because you may not have a land to play. So... It's a really handy card if you're going heavy and white. Um, could be a mid to late pick for sure. Uh, next up, we've got McKindy Stampede for three double whites, a sorcery. Creatures you control get plus two, plus two until end of turn. So a five mana pump spell to sorcery. Eh, not the greatest. And then you can also flip it if you need a land as well. It's a McKindy Mesa's. So McKindy Stampede, five mana, and you get to pump up all your creatures. Could be a good game winning strike there. So you don't want to completely discount this card and plus the fact that you could use it for a land as well is also super handy so could be useful could be useful next up we've got mall of the skyclaves mall not mall mall of the skyclaves 
it's tuna white equipment it's a rare when this enters the battlefield attach it to target creature you control equipped creature gets plus two plus two and has flying and first strike Ooh, dang so what you just pay three mana and it's gonna automatically attach to something as long as it lives and geez i could definitely see this being a pack one pick one because god that is so good it gives it plus two plus two and has flying and first strike oh man that's really good in draft there yeah that could definitely be either a pack one pick one or a very early pick Next up, we've got Mesa Lynx. It's one and a white. It's a cat creature. It's a 2-1. As long as it's not your turn, this gets plus 0, plus 2. So when it's not your turn, it's going to be a 2-3. So it could be a good blocker. When it is your turn, you want to be cautious about attacking with it. Because uh, it could be a better blocker. Right? could be a better blocker. It's not a bad, not a bad common, though. Next up, we've got Nahiri's Binding for one double white. It's an enchantment aura. So this is a really, really good pacifism here, and this will be so handy. I can definitely see this being played in standard historic, um, even, even commander here. So you enchant creature or planeswalker. Enchanted permanent can't attack or block, and its activated abilities can't be activated. So you can not just shut off creatures here. You just shut off planeswalkers too great answer to planeswalkers here super great and in a format like limited to where when your opponent plays a planeswalker and you don't have a kill spell handy boom there you go and it's at common too right so most likely you're gonna see this being passed around in a draft table Next up, we've got Undo Inversion for six double white. It's a sorcery destroy all non-land permanent. So a planar cleansing, a really expensive planar cleansing, right? Because planar cleansing is three triple white. This is six double white. So this is eight mana for a board wipe. Or you can flip it and make it a land. Um, but a pack one, pick one, eight mana. That's super expensive. Um, in limited games sometimes do go longer so i would look for something else i'll be honest and i don't see this seeing much standard or historic play at all it's just too expensive for eight mana to be honest it's there's got to be something better i mean pick it if you think you're really gonna be getting up there to destroy it's not that it's bad it's just it's expensive and slow next up we've got paired tactician for two and a white, it's a human warrior. It's a 3-2. When this and at least one other warrior attack, put a 1-1 one, one counter on paired tactician. Ooh. So it's a 1-1 one, one counter. And it's not going to be hard to get another warrior with you on that. Yeah, that, that could be a really decent card. Um, Could be early to mid pick for sure. Next up, we've got practice tactics. A one white mana instant. Choose target attacking or blocking creature. This deals damage to that creature equal to twice the number of creatures in your party. So it could do possibly up to eight damage. Um, once again, this is the type of card where it could be either really good or just do nothing for you if you have no creatures in your party. Because um, you could be screwed like that. I'd be careful with this kind of card. This would be a mid to late pick more than anything. Next up, we've got Pressure Point. It's one and a white. It's an instant tap target creature. Draw a card. Hey, always good for doing before your opponent goes into combat. You tap their attacking creature. Boom, draw a card. 
I like it. Simple, good to use, very handy. Next up, we've got Prowling Felidar. It's three and a white. It's a cat beast creature. It's a 2-3 for four. It has Vigilance. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, put a 1-1 one, one counter on this card. Hey, that's not bad. If you're going landfall theme, this, this is a really good card with the Vigilance and it getting counters and all that. Super good. Super good. It, it's funny, like most of the landfall creatures I've seen in this are exciting me more than like a lot of the party creatures here, like the clerics, the wizards and warriors and all that landfall so far in white seems to be pretty dang good. If I may say so. Uh, next up is resolute strike for one white mana. It's an instant target creature gets plus two plus two until end of turn. If it's a warrior, you may attach an equipment you control to it. So let's ignore if it's the second part, if it's a warrior. So just a pumping your creature at plus two plus two is pretty good for possibly saving it or a combat trick. Um, so it's not bad at all. And if you happen to have an equipment, you know, I feel like the if it's a warrior part is just a bonus to it. So it's not bad for it being a common. It's not bad at all and could be a really good combat trick for you in white. Next up, we've got Seagate Banneret. It's a one white mana core warrior. It's a one, two, a one, two for one. Not bad. So you can pay four and a white and creatures you control get plus one, plus one until end of turn. So this could be one of those good late game creatures to where you have a lot of mana. You have nothing to do with it, but I'm going to pump. I'm going to spend 10 mana and pump up my creatures plus two, plus two, because why not? You know, hey, you can do it. Awesome. It's not a bad creature. Definitely like a mid to very late pick more than anything. Next up, we've got Sajiri Shelter for one and a white. It's an instant target creature you control gains protection from the color of your choice until end of turn. Okay, awesome. So similar to a God's Willing. The only difference is this can also flip and become a land should you need it uh, into Sajiri Glacier. So it's not a bad card. It's a really good combat trick to protect your creature from dying. Next up, we've got Shepherd of Heroes for four and a white. It's an angel cleric with flying. It's a three, four, so three, four for five. When this enters the battlefield, you gain two life for each creature in your party. So once again, it all really depends on how many creatures you have on the battlefield to see how useful this would be. At most, this would, or at the least, this will give you two life when this enters the battlefield because it'll count itself. Next up, we've got Skyclave apparition for one double white so core spirits a two two when this enters the battlefield exile up to one target non-land non-token permanent you don't control here i'm gonna act, yeah i should have done that before earlier so i can see because the text is a little bit small here so when this enters the battlefield exile up to one target non-land non-token permanent you don't control a converted mana cost four or less when this leaves the battlefield the exiled cards owner creates an xx blue illusion creature token where X is converted mana cost of the exiled card. Okay. So they'll never get that exiled card back ever because that's always been sort of the theme of white in the past to where it'll exile something. But when it leaves, you get that card back here. It's they're never getting that card back. Yeah. They'll get a creature back eventually, hopefully for that, for their sake, at least. And, but they're never going to get that really pesky card back. I kind of like that. This could definitely be a pack one to pick one because this could get rid of that pesky permanent, that non-land, non-token permanent that you're having to deal with. It could be getting rid of the Planeswalker. Could be getting rid of their uh, 
banishing light, you know, whatever it may be, right? So yeah, pack one, pick one for sure on that really good card. <sighs> Next up, we've got Skyclave Cleric. For one and a white, it's a core cleric. It's a 1-3 when the center is battlefield. You gain two life. Or you can flip it and make it a land for Skyclave Basilica. So a 1-3 for two, eh, not, not the worst. You gain some life. You know, it could be good if you need to fill out your party and all that. Or this could be good if you just need a land. All right, we're on the last four white cards here. The first of the last four is Squad Commander. For three and a white, it's a core warrior. It's a 3-3. Three, three. When this enters the battlefield, create a 1-1 one, one white core warrior creature token for each creature in your party. So at worst, it'll create one of them. At the beginning of combat on your turn, if you have a full party creatures you control, get plus one, plus zero, and gain indestructible till end of turn. So if I were to pack one, pick one this card, I would definitely want to try to build a party deck, right? This is the kind of card that makes me go, ooh, Okay, now my draft or seal deck is going to be party themed and I want all four creatures. I want plenty of them in my deck and because I want this to be my big bomb, my mid range bomb and boom, my creatures all have indestructible and there you go. Love it. So yeah, it'll even give itself indestructible because it doesn't say other creatures. So I like this a lot. I like it a lot. So yeah, this would be the really good build around type of card and heck. This would even be good in Commander because you could, you know, because people are obviously going to try to build party Commander decks, especially with the D&D set on the horizon. You know, hopefully that becomes even more apparent. And this would be a good slot in your Commander deck as well. Next up, we've got Smite the Monstrous. It's three and a white instant. Destroy target creature with power four or greater. Always great white removal. Always very handy to have. Um, you know that that's going to be pretty common to see with creatures like that so pick it it's premium removal right there tazim raptor for two and a white it's a bird that's a two two with flying when this enters the battlefield you may return a land you control to its owner's hand i like that so let's say you know you've got four mana you play this and you return a land right you also have a landfall creature out but you haven't played a land yet this turn you play this return a land boom you just played a land boom triggering landfall again i love it i love it um, a 2-2 two, two for 3, flying, that's not bad at all. And the fact that you can use this to try to re-trigger landfall again, I like it a lot. I like it. I, you can probably tell, like, I'm kind of, I really like landfall and all that. So our last but not least white card here for the Zendikar Rising set is Tazri Beacon of Unity. It is 4 and a white. It's a human warrior, legendary creature. It is a mythic. It is a 4-6 this spell costs one less to cast for each creature in your party. So even if you don't have any, five mana, four, six is good. So it also has hybrid mana here. So if you don't have all the other colors, the blue, black, red, and green, you can pay two, four, six, eight, you can pay eight mana. Look at the top six cards of your library. You may reveal up to two cleric, rogue, warrior, wizard, and or al ally cards from among them. Put them into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. So let's say that, you know, you're drafting a two to three color deck here, right? And you, I mean, pack one, pick one, hell yes, because this helps you dig through your deck to find more creatures. I mean, th this will also be like the party commander, I can tell as well, too. It's really good. And oh my God, since it can find ally cards. And I know ally is not a thing in Zendikar Rising, but oof. 
oof, that, that could be a really fun ally commander as well, too. That, that kind of makes me want to build her as my ally commander. Um, but Winota is my ally commander right now, and Winota is just stupid good. So, yeah, it's a really good card. Helps you dig through your deck. Uh, perfect pack one, pick one. Because even at five mana, four, six, that's a really tough booty. And the fact that it can help you dig through your deck is even better. Um, do you have to reveal them? Oh, you may reveal. So, yeah, you do have to reveal. So, e even then, it's still not bad at all that you get to dig through your deck. I like it a lot. So, there you go. Those are all the white cards for Zendikar Rising. We will be continuing on with the rest of the colors. Blue, black, green, red, uh, multicolored, slash artifact, slash lands. And we'll continue on from there. So, I hope you all enjoyed it. And stay tuned for the next episode. Thanks, everybody.